be in Mark chapter number 16 this morning. Mark chapter number 16. Uh, I'm going to share with you from the word of the Lord in just a moment. And uh, as you're turning in your Bibles, I'm going to ask you, I know you just sit down, but as custom of this house, I'm going to ask you to stand if you're able. If you're not, I totally understand. But I'm going to stand in reverence of the word of the Lord this morning. A very familiar passage of scripture probably for many of you in this room today. But I'm going to do my best to minister from this passage of scripture and share with you what I sense in my spirit for our time together today. Currently, right now, in this moment of time, we have allowed a few to divide many. We have embraced evil and we have left righteousness. We have lost the value of human life in its most pure and innocent form. We have grown to accept darkness while we reject light. And war at this moment is engulfing our world from Syria to Iraq to Africa to the South Sudan and now Europe. And if something doesn't change, it will soon be on our soil. Iran, China, Turkey, as well as Russia have become so emboldened and fail, and they feel like that there is nothing to stop them from what is in their heart to do. And can I tell you, there is nothing good in their heart this morning. Please hear me. Famines and pestilence and earthquakes are now what describes our norm. All the while, our churches are empty, and those that are present are very passive concerning the things of God, especially the harvest. We have failed to impart a sense of urgency to evangelize the world in which that is what our commission has always been. And the result of that is this season of gross darkness that we find ourselves in. With that statement today, I want to take us to Mark chapter number 16, verse number 15 and the following. And I want to remind us of what our purpose is today. And if the Lord would help me for a few moments, I want to talk to you about the ignored commission and a time to go. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. I thank you for the men and women in this room, those that's joining us by way of live stream today as well. I pray that for the next few moments you would anoint this vessel of clay to speak your word as you have given it to me. 
Lord, I pray that our hearts would be challenged, that our lives would be changed, and Lord, that we would be found laboring in this season of harvest. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church says amen and amen. When we look at this passage of scripture, I believe it's self-explanatory, but I want to visit it this morning with you just for a few moments. I know today that if we ignore something or choose to ignore something, it simply means to disregard or it means to refrain from noticing or recognizing. But I must remind you what the word commission really means. While a commission is the following, it is an authoritative order charge or direction given for a particular action or function. It is unfortunate today that we have many who fail to see the importance of our commission. I want to say this from the very beginning of our time together this morning. A commission is not the same as a suggestion. A commission can only be issued by one who has the authority to release the authority that is needed to accomplish the commission. And when we look at this passage of scripture, it becomes clear what the purpose of the church truly is. It is simply to go. There has been a great price paid so that mankind can be rescued from the grip of sin. But in order for man to know that there is a way of escape, someone must embrace this commission and share this glorious gospel. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38, we read the following. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I must make this statement this morning, our current path within the faith community is one that is not sustainable. We must once again teach a generation what their true purpose is. I can give it to you in one word this morning. It is this, evangelism. Our purpose is solely about the harvest. While I am thankful for the blessings that we enjoy, but our purpose is not for us to sit with idle hands, but it is to reach our world no matter what the cost. The urgency for the lost must return. According to Barna Research, uh, it's a very disturbing, I, I printed it off because it, I just had to read it again. Because of the simple fact, we find that 51% of churchgoers uh, don't know of the Great Commission. In partnership with the seed company, Barna conducted the study of U.S. churches' ideals about mission, social justice, Bible translation, and other aspects of spreading the gospel. And this... Excuse me, <clears throat> this, report, this report is entitled Translating the Great Commission. When asked if they had previously heard the word the Great Commission, half of United States churchgoers, 51% of them actually, say they do not know the term. 
They find that they say this, it would be reassuring, however, if the other half really knew what the Great Commission was. But only 17% of those that said we heard the phrase, only 17% of them actually know what scripture is affiliated with it. The Great Commission does not ring a bell uh, in basically uh, uh, very, very many people at all. 6% of churchgoers say we never heard that phrase at all. But what is one of the most disturbing things about this report uh, that I'm referencing this morning is when I begin to find uh, that it's not bound by generation. Uh, it's like not that every other generation gets it right, but this one big cluster of people. But one of the most uneducated groups of people in the church today concerning the Great Commission is not the millennials, it's not Generation X, uh, but it is the baby boomers. Please hear me. The baby boomer generation, 56% of them says we do not know what the Great Commission is. You say, why is that important? It's because the baby boomer generation is the ones that are to be spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers right now. And if we are not leading people into the place to have understanding of what the Great Commission is, how is it we can expect the younger generation to operate in their God-given purpose and fulfill their purpose? Please hear me. Uh, elders, uh, we find, are make up 48% of them say we don't know what it is. Baby boomers, 56%. Generation X, 53% say we don't know what it is. Millennials, uh, 41% of them say we don't know what it is. Folks, I'm here this morning not to do anything other than to sound the alarm and tell you today that the church must awaken to its purpose. Uh, listen, I don't want you to fall out with me, uh, but I, I got to be real with you. Uh, the church is not here uh, to cater to you uh, and to make you feel special and all warm and fuzzy uh, and to create a place for you to perform. Uh, this is not a performance-driven thing. Uh, listen, uh, the church is here uh, so that we can be equipped, uh, so we can be edified, uh, so that we can go out and reach a world uh, with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Uh, no, uh, the church is here to be a voice uh, in the midst of darkness uh, that proclaims truth uh, no matter what the cost is. Uh, this ideal that I am a Christian uh, and nothing is required of me, uh, I'm not sure where that came from, uh, but please let me remind you, uh, it does not line up with scripture. Uh, but in Luke chapter 9, 23 and 24, and he said unto them, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For, what, for whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. I got to remind you this morning, Paul says to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, he said, now then we are ambassadors uh, for Christ. Uh, an ambassador uh, is one that carries a message. Uh, not their message uh, but the message of another. Uh, and Paul said this uh, when he was writing to the church at Ephesus as well as to you and I uh, in, in Ephesians chapter 6 you're very familiar with verse number 12 probably uh, where it says put on the whole armor of God uh, that you may be able to stand with the, the evil day uh, and he goes in and tells you to put on all this stuff uh, but at at the end of that, in verse 18, he says, uh, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Uh, but then in verse 20, he says, oh, by the way, pray for me uh, because I am an ambassador in bonds. What he's saying?
saying is this. Uh, I am one that is bound uh, to take this glorious message uh, to everybody that I come in contact with. Uh, he has went as far as to say this. Uh, I have achieved great things by the world standard, uh, but I consider everything as dung uh, except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. Uh, what am I saying this morning? Uh, we're in a place right now where there's a world that's dying and going to hell. Uh, everybody's upside down in their thinking uh, and the church wants to sit on a padded pew uh, and just sing a few songs and clap their hands uh, and say I'm on my way to heaven. Uh, listen, uh, we got to get back to our, our, our purpose uh, and realize uh, that the kingdom of God uh, is a kingdom of light uh, and it is opposed uh, to the kingdom of darkness. Uh, God is light according to 1 John uh, chapter 1 verse number 5 uh, and if he is light that means his kingdom is light. Uh, the very nature of light uh, is this. It is outgoing. Uh, it is diffusive. Uh, it is penetrating. Uh, it is searching. Uh, light spreads itself over space uh, and fits all things or fills all things. Uh, it is the very nature of God uh, and his kingdom uh, to spread uh, and to expose uh, all areas of darkness. Please hear me. You and I need to understand that this states the case that evangelism should be our number one focus. And the word evangelism means this, to tell or to announce good news. I want to ask you this, this morning, how much good news did you share this week? Well, I'm sure we talked a lot about the bad stuff going on around us. All of the challenges. All of the, all of the uncertainty. But what about the good news? Can I tell you, there's still good news. You say, why is good news necessary? <coughs> Let me break it down for you real quick. The good news is necessary today because the first Adam, who was created in the image of God, he fell into sin and out of fellowship, Genesis chapter 3. When he did that, he marred the image of God in which he had been created. And because of that, you and I, as well as everyone else that has ever experienced life, we have become the offspring of Adam and therefore... We are made in the image of Adam, which is a fallen nature. And therefore, in Psalms 51 and 5, we're told that we are brought forth in iniquity. How many knows if you're brought forth in iniquity, you need some good news? According to Ephesians 2 and 3, all are the children of wrath. According to Romans 3 and 19, we're all under condemnation. Hebrews 9, 27, we're all got a date with death. We find in Ephesians 2 and 1 that we're all dead in trespasses and sin. We find in Ephesians 4, 18 that we're all alienated from the life of God. In Romans 8 and 7, we're all hostile to the law of God. Man has been separated from God. Please hear me. For so long, that he has become used to his unnatural 
activity and desire for darkness. But the good news is, God took the initiative to bring man back into fellowship with himself by sending Jesus Christ to be the head of a new spiritual race of people called the church. Notice with me, Christ, he was the image of God. He did not fall into sin as Adam did. Christ received the full penalty of our sins on himself, even though he was undeserving of doing so. Notice this, all who receive Christ as their Savior accept the finished work of Calvary as the only way to salvation, and they repent of their sins and acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus. Notice this, they receive a new birth, and it is in Christ Don't miss this, that we are made righteous, that we have no condemnation, that we are conformed to the image of God, that we have peace with God, and that we have access to the Father. Man is ultimately restored to a place of full fellowship with the Father and shares in the riches of his glory, Ephesians 1 and 18. God has provided one way of salvation for all men. Whether Jew or Gentile does not matter. But notice with me, that's the good news. But who is responsible to tell the good news? It isn't governments. It isn't any other organization or entity. But it is the responsibility of the church. Notice, God's way of salvation is not discovered by man. It comes to him by revelation. And notice, it must be preached to him from the revealed word of God. Romans 10, 17 and 18 is very clear on that. But the gospel message has been entrusted to the church. Notice, Matthew 28 We find, and most of you probably could quote this passage of Scripture, but I want to read it in your hearing one more time. I will read it in your hearing one more time if my stuff works. We'll go back to old school. How's that? I still know how to turn a page. It may take me a minute, but I'll get you there. Matthew 28, verse number 18. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. This is talking about Jesus Christ. But then he goes on, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Notice, uh, he did not give that charge to anyone other than the church. Uh, All believers, however, are responsible to respond to the command that Jesus gave in Mark chapter 16 that I gave you in verse number 15. Uh, He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, He didn't say just go to the preacher. He didn't just say go to the evangelist. Uh, But he said, go to every man of faith, uh, every woman of faith. Uh, It is your responsibility to be an ambassador. Uh, And Paul says an ambassador in bonds. He says, I'm bound to this thing. Uh, 
because it is good news. Notice with me, it is our responsibility to tell. Why? It's because we are to be like Christ, correct? We are to put on the garment that Christ wore. When you look at the ministry of Christ, he evangelized. When you look at the ministry of those that Jesus sent, they evangelized. When you looked at Paul and Peter, it was all about evangelizing. What was they doing? They was taking the good news of the gospel to a world, and when the good news went forward, a world was turned upside down. Is it possible that the world has not been turned upside down today? Not because a lack of faith, not because a lack of anointing, but a lack of the church being present in the streets of the city. Listen, I'm not concerned about the power that I possess. I'm not concerned about the anointing because I know this. God has anointed us for such a time as this. So I'm not questioning that. But what I'm saying is this. There can be no disruption unless first there is a willingness to go. Listen, we can sit here and say, well, I hope it changes. It will never change until the church begins to evangelize the world, meaning this. We take this glorious gospel light and begin to drive out darkness with that which the Lord has spoken. Listen, there's a lot of people hurting today. There's a lot of people upside down today. And they're needing and they're searching for something. And if we're not there, the enemy's going to continue to give them another joint, another needle, another thing to try to get them through the day. And it's just more darkness and more darkness and more darkness. But if I can get a saint of God to begin to emerge from the building on Sunday morning and begin to walk into the streets of their city. Uh, They don't have to be all proper. Uh, They don't have to be all sophisticated. Uh, They don't have to know every Bible verse from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, All they have to have is an experience with God uh, where they can say, I once was lost, uh, but now I'm found. Uh, I can give you my testimony uh, that I uh, was down in the molly grubs, uh, but yet there was somebody came uh, and delivered me and set me free. The good news this morning. But what is the good news, preacher? Is he still alive? And he's still on the throne. And he's still making intercession for you and I. He's still saving. He's still delivering. He's still making a way when there seems to be no way. I'm going to preach while you sat there this morning. Because can I tell you, my God's not dead. He's still alive. And he's still moving. I refuse to be silent. But I come to tell somebody, we still got good news. And the world needs to hear what we have. Do you realize that there is multitudes of people on this globe every day that never hears I love you? Do you understand there's multitudes of people on this planet that feels like they've been rejected and cast down? But we the church have good news and we must begin to tell them that you know what, you are loved, Uh, you are precious, Uh, you do have a purpose. Uh, Listen, the world's not gonna tell them that, Uh, but if you and I are not careful, uh, we become so good at being religious uh, that we have forgotten our purpose. Uh, Our purpose is uh, to tell the world uh, that Jesus is still the answer. 
Notice. You say, well, it's different now. There's lots of challenges. There's always been challenges. Notice this passage of scripture in Mark chapter number 16. Jesus has just resurrected. He showed himself to Mary Magdalene. Everybody thinks she's lost her mind. Surely she hasn't seen him. He's dead. But then there was a couple others walking down the road and he shows himself to them. Nobody believes them either. Thought that's crazy. Then he shows himself to the 11 after he rebukes them and speaks to them. People still had a hard time believing them. Listen, there's always been opposition. But what I like about it is after he visits them and he says to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel in every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. He notices that these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall, shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But notice this. Then after he says these things, he's taken up into heaven. But notice verse 20. And they went forth. By faith, they responded to his word. And when they began to go, notice they preached everywhere they went. But this is what excites me. They didn't have to do it by themselves. Because it says the Lord working with them. Who was he working with? He wasn't working with those that chose to sit and do nothing. Maybe that's why you feel so alone. Just saying. It says they went forth and the Lord working with them. See, he goes with those that go. And confirming the word with signs and wonders. <coughs> Following them. Notice. You and I today have one of the greatest opportunities of any generation. But we have to come to a place where we quit ignoring the commission. The commission is simply this. Tell the world about Jesus. We don't need new theology. We don't need more gimmicks. We just need men and women that have put their faith and trust in the word of God to become bold enough and brave enough to go. When you and I become willing to go, we become positioned to experience the powerful hand of God in our lives. I want to give you the ABCs of the gospel very quickly. Can I do that? Number one is this. If you're ever going to be one that turns the world upside down, you first got to be one that it will acknowledge that you have sinned. And secondly, you then have to become one that believes that Jesus is your Savior. And then, thirdly, you just have to confess Jesus as Lord. Notice God's purpose has it changed? John chapter 3, verse number 16. You can probably quote it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But I have to remind you today, 
that it doesn't just happen. There is some things that's required. That is this, please hear me. Romans 10 and 14 says, How shall they, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Can I give you the definition of a preacher this morning? A preacher is just somebody that's willing to share the good news. Let me, let me give it to you this way. A preacher doesn't necessarily somebody that stands up here and screams and hollers and spits all over everybody. No. A preacher is just simply a man or a woman that's willing to take the good news and share it with others. You and I today must understand the importance of this hour. Please hear me. A world around us is full of chaos and trouble. But you and I today must realize we have a space of time. And we are called to be stewards. I have taught and preached in times past on the three T's. Our time, our talent, our treasure. We are to be stewards of our time, of our talent, and of our treasure. Notice with me, I only have so much time. I can't waste my time. My time is valuable. I have to be a good steward of time. You say, well, I'll tell my family about Jesus tomorrow or next week when I get a little bit more educated, when I get a little bit more bolder. Listen, you don't have no promise of tomorrow. All you have is today. The Bible is very clear that today is the day of salvation. Now, I don't believe we have to walk around with a Bible and beat our families and our friends in the head with Scripture every day. No. But we have to take the good news to them. How do I do that? As I shared with a group of young ministers this week, and I've used this phrase here before, teach and when necessary, use words. We have to live this thing out in such a way where people began to have an appetite for what we have and what we possess. I want to ask you this morning, how salty are we? How bright are we? Because we are called to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Are we effectively changing those around us that we love? I want to say this, and this is not a, this is not a legalistic statement, but this is a true statement. That is this. If we walk like the world, talk like the world, then we're really probably not too salty and we're probably not shining too bright of a light. But we're called to be separate. The Bible is very clear. It says we are to come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord, and I'll receive you unto myself. What am I saying this morning? Is we do not need to try to evangelize a world with religion. We need to evangelize a world with relationship. There is a difference, my friend. You and I today, in the midst of an hour and a season that is going completely upside down, it may cost us some things, but the reward will be worth it. If we can just reach one more. If we can just reach one more. 
hear the word of the Lord this morning. We have made this thing about a lot of things that it's not really about. I'm thankful for the blessings. But if our blessings are going to make us not fulfill our purpose, God, take the blessings. There was a generation before us, please hear me. They didn't have everything right, but they had a heart that was turned towards God where they burned with a desire to reach the lost. They failed at some things. They excelled in others. One thing that we cannot afford to fail in is the Great Commission. I appreciate all the advancements that we've made as they come to the music this morning. I appreciate all of the increase that's been given to the church in America. And I don't take it for granted. But one thing that I can't stay silent about is the fact that 51% of churchgoers don't know what it is to go. You say, why is that so important to you, preacher, this morning? I'll tell you why. It's because I have family that's lost and on their way to hell right now. I have friends this morning that's on their way to hell. They have yet to hear the gospel in a manner that pricks their heart with conviction. I could not be silent, nor can you. Because we hold the greatest message. And if there's ever been a generation that needed to hear it, it's this generation. My heart is heavy today. The loss of innocent life. It's alarming to me that here in the United States of America where there's church buildings on every corner that it's probably safe to say and this is probably a conservative estimate but 75% of the funerals that I do and I do a lot of them the families are not connected to any church or any type of faith. We have good news. We just need some men and women to be bold enough, brave enough to say no matter what the cost, I'll stand and share. It's not about popularity. Listen, I had, this is how far we've strayed.
a man that I have confidence in, a man that is an amazing minister of the gospel, a man that I've sat in services with him multiple times. His staff reached out to me last week and said, Pastor Russell, we can't come. I can deal with that. But the reason they gave me, I can't deal with. Your sanctuary doesn't hold 550 people. And therefore, we don't want to wear out our motor coach for under 500 people. I have a problem with that. There's some women of the gospel that are powerful, mighty women. And some of them would have stood on this platform this year, but they, won't, they have no invitation to be here any longer because of the simple fact I need $5,000 before I can come. Please hear me. We've lost our way. I believe a workman is worthy of his hire. And if they didn't tell me that kind of stuff, they'd left probably with more than 5,000. That's just the way it is. But listen, when it becomes about something other than the harvest, I don't need you. You hear me this morning. What has happened is this, is when we think we've elevated to a place, we begin to isolate ourselves in a manner that we don't even realize we're isolating it because 80% of the churches in America are under 100 people. The next 15% is under 250. So when you think you're elevated to that place, you say, I can only minister to 5% of the people. So you're only going to equip and edify 5% to reach 3 billion people with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. It doesn't add up to me. But I'm thankful that that's not everybody because there's men and women that's had great success. It's not lost their way. And they'll come to this house or they'll come to a house that sits 50. They don't care. Because it's still about the harvest. That's who we celebrate. And that's who we invest in. Please hear me. We have to get back to evangelism. And every one of us is gifted. Uniquely created. To work from the platform that God has given us. And that's the platform of our life. Please hear me this morning. You can reach people that I can't reach. I can reach people you can't reach. But we all can reach. But we have to be willing to go. So this Sunday morning, I'm not telling you six months from now, but I'm telling you now is the time to go. 
Now's the time to share your faith. Now's the time to be the smile that somebody needs. Now's the time to be the love that somebody needs. Now's the time. But the question is, will you go? You say, I really would like for the Lord to move in my life. Do you really want him to move? You say, I'd really like to experience the power of God and the anointing of God. Do you really? I can give you the recipe for that. Just by faith, put one foot in front of the other. Because it says when they went forth, the Lord began to work with them and confirmed the word with them with signs following. The only thing that's keeping you from experiencing the supernatural power of God in your life is you and your unwillingness to go. Oh, but preacher, I'm just so this and I'm just so that. Listen, that might have been who you used to be. But you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. All things become new. And when I was born again, I was born with the spirit inside that says I must tell the world and I must let that thing live. So this morning, let's change the world by sharing the good news. As we stand all over the house this morning. You may be under the sound of my voice this morning. And maybe you need to hear the good news. You'd say, man, it's been a week. It's been this, it's been that. The good news is he loves you. He died for you. He rose again so that you could have life and have it everlasting. Well, how do I obtain that? By simply believing and trusting and calling on his name. And saying, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. It's that simple. Maybe you've done that. But it's been a week. And you say, man, I just don't know. Can I tell you? I have good news for you as well. He said, I'll never leave you. Never forsake you, but I'll be with you always, even to the end. He says, I'll be your strength. I'll be your comforter. I'm a high tower you can run into. I'm a cliff to the rock you can run under and stay. So you're not alone today. But maybe you're here and you say, you know what? This thing's, I, I want to share, but I've always just been hesitant. I just, I've always had this struggle. Listen, I believe God can free you today to be the voice that he's calling you to be but you just have to become one that's willing to go it all comes to this will we do as Paul said will we just yield our members for the gospel only you can do that I can't do that for you you're the one that has to look inside and say, God, I'll go. Can I tell you today, my life forever changed when I made the decision to go. Because I said, yes, Lord, I've crisscrossed this country and I've crisscrossed the nations of this world. I've seen some amazing things. 
I've stood in some amazing places. And to God be the glory. Because I simply just said, I'll go. Everybody, it's Pastor Jay here. I just want to thank you for watching. I hope that this message challenged and changed your life with the power of the Holy Ghost. We ask that you continue following us and watching us weekly. And if you want to follow us on any social media platform, you'll find the link to all those platforms in the description below. We love you. So does God. Have a great day.